Hollow Mountain Publishing presents The Pawn, book one of the Appalachian Storm series, written and performed by Diana Kilpack. Chapter 12. Side Effects The alarm went off, causing excruciating pain to slice through Katie's brain. Desperate to turn the sound off, she fumbled around, knocking the clock onto the floor. Stooping down to finally locate the blaring object, she succeeded in finding the button used to turn it off. The pounding in her head seemed to vibrate to the back of her eyes. Opening her eyes brought more pain. Fumbling around in the dark, she located the small lamp next to her bed. The light sent shockwaves through her system. Her eyes felt as though they were going to fall out of their sockets. Desperate to turn the light off, she eventually smashed the lamp against her bedpost. Blessed darkness descended into the room. If she lay quietly on the bed, the pounding in her head was less intense. If she tried to move or attempted to get up, the pounding would increase to intolerable measures. She would have loved to get up for some pain reliever. She didn't know how to get it without causing more torture. She ended up just lying there, keeping her eyes closed. She didn't know how she accomplished it, but she eventually drifted off to sleep. What are you doing still in bed? Katie didn't know if it was the sound of her mother's raised voice or the overhead light being flicked on that caused her to double up. The pounding increased to such a level, Katie wanted to just die and get it over with. What's the matter? Katie realized her mother was still in the room. She tried to form words, but all that seemed to come out of her mouth were small moans. She knew she was going to be sick. Katie rolled over and threw up in a potted plant, keeping her eyes closed. Turn off the light, she whispered. Once again, blessed darkness descended into the room. Katie opened her eyes into slits. Daybreak was making the room lighter. Her mother returned with two pain relievers. Grateful, Katie took the two tablets with the water being offered. Her mother smoothed out her hair and asked her a few questions. Answering them seemed to take all her strength. Her mother left for a couple of minutes. When she returned, she had a blanket in her hands. Katie watched as her mother placed the blanket in front of the window blocking all light from coming into the room. Katie closed her eyes and gave in to exhaustion. She slept all day. Her mother periodically came in to give her more pain relievers. By nightfall, she felt well enough to leave her room. Her mother's worried face swung around from the living room. Giving her mother a half-hearted smile, she walked into the kitchen and got a glass of water. Sitting down on the couch next to her mother, Katie lay her head on the armrest. How are you feeling? Her mother asked quietly. Better. I called the school to tell them you were sick. A huge weight crashed down on Katie, making the pounding in her head start up again. School! She moaned the word. I completely forgot. She was supposed to take some of her finals today. If she couldn't make them up, all her work would be for nothing. Don't worry about it. Her mother insisted. I talked to Mr. Davis and he said you could take all your finals tomorrow. That is, 
If you're feeling better tomorrow. Tomorrow's end of term. I have to feel better, Katie replied. Her emotions were making her head pound again. Excusing herself, she went back to bed. Katie woke up startled. She automatically turned her head to look at her alarm clock. Remembering it was somewhere on the floor, she rolled over, peering over the side of the bed. An upside-down red 6.30 was blinking in the darkness. The blinking didn't hurt her eyes. Cautiously, Katie sat up in bed. The pounding was gone. Slowly, she walked into the bathroom. Flicking on the light was something she knew she had to do. Her eyes immediately snapped shut and squinted. No pain shot through her with the unexpected light. Relieved, Katie got dressed for school. She was eating a bowl of cereal while reviewing some of her notes. Good morning, sunshine. How's your head? Katie was getting used to Jackson popping in and out. She continued eating her cereal as if she didn't hear him. His words eventually sunk into her conscious mind. She bolted upward in her awareness. Are you telling me you knew what I was going to have? Whatever it was I just had? Katie could hear Jackson chuckling. I told you there were going to be side effects. You said side effects, not a mind-numbing migraine. He gave the word torture a whole new meaning. I can't believe this. I miss finals on another day of school. If you recall, I did ask if you had school in the morning, Jackson pointed out. I believe the exact quote was, Look, I want to do this, so don't give me any crap about side effects. His thoughts once again went up an octave as he mimicked her. Katie shook her head. All I'm saying is, you could have been more forceful with your warning. Jackson's chuckle turned into a wholehearted laugh. You seem to have the personality that wants to find out for herself, regardless of what she's told. Katie, that water is hot. Do not touch it. Then when you say, ouch, I burned my hand, the only reply I can come up with is, uh, duh. Go away, Katie muttered under her breath. Where do you want me to go? Her mother asked as she entered the kitchen. No, sorry, I wasn't talking to you, Katie said apologetically. Her mother looked around the small kitchen to make sure they were alone. She acted as though she wanted to continue the conversation, stopped, then shook her head in confusion. How do you feel? Relieved that her mother didn't react to her talking to herself and annoyed that Jackson seemed to be having such a good time at her expense, she decided to ignore the laughing in her head and concentrate only on her mother. I'm fine. I believe I'll be able to keep up today. Thanks for yesterday, by the way. Her mother seemed to want to pursue the conversation, but Sam's horn sounded outside. Relieved, Katie grabbed her things and ran out to the car. By the time lunch rolled around, Katie was dragging. The stress of the last two weeks, plus being sick the day before, was taking its toll. Katie only picked at her food, worried about some of the questions on her last final. Wondering how she did on it was driving her crazy. Katie, did you, like, appear in my dream the other night? Katie glanced up at Lizzie, sitting across from her. For the first time, she took a really good look at her friend. Lizzie, whom always took great care with her appearance, looked horrible. Her hair was pulled back into a quick ponytail. She had no makeup on, and there were definite bags under her eyes. Her shirt was rumpled, as if she'd slept in it the night before. Yes, I was there, Katie answered. Are you all right? 
You don't look so hot. Lizzie looked around to make sure no one was paying attention. It was real? Katie pushed her tray of food out of the way and leaned forward so she could talk in a lower voice. She was aware Sam leaned in right beside her to hear. I was there, Lizzie. I saw you. The great white tiger came into the clearing. It took you a while to figure out what you were going to do. Then you stooped down, grabbed the baby, and started running as fast as you could through the woods. I was so frightened. Lizzie's eyes were brimming with tears. It didn't feel like a dream. It felt so real. I... She reached out and grabbed Katie's hand. I almost left the baby, Katie. Her voice trembled with each syllable she uttered. I was on the verge of turning around and running and leaving that baby behind. Katie squeezed her friend's hand. You didn't, Lizzie. It doesn't matter what you felt like doing. What matters is you did the right thing in the end. How were you there, Katie? How were you able to be there? Her troubled eyes were searching Katie's. I don't know. I just closed my eyes and focused on you. Next thing I knew, I was in your dream. Katie knew it had taken a lot more work than that. She didn't know how to explain it any better without bringing Jackson into the picture. The only reason she knew it could be done was because Jackson had done it in her dreams. All the old questions she had lined up for Jackson came flooding back. Shaking her head to clear her mind, Katie squeezed Lizzie's hand. Lizzie, the one thing you need to know is you're not alone. We can all get through this together. The bell sounded, and all three girls looked up from the table. The lunchroom was almost completely empty. Katie jumped up and dumped her tray, her two friends following suit. Whoa, what are you doing? Katie gave a small start of surprise before she realized Jackson was once again invading her life at the most inopportune moment. Leave me alone. I'm taking a test. She replied as testily as she could, hoping he would get the message. Stonewall Jackson did not die on the battlefield of Gettysburg. Katie looked down at the test she was taking. What? Come on, Katie. I only attended a small fraction of your study sessions. The answer is C, not B. Stonewall Jackson was killed by friendly fire. I don't see the words friendly fire anywhere in C. It doesn't exactly say friendly fire, but he was killed by one of his own sentries. Here I thought you were a true southern girl. I guess I did know that. I just, I keep reading the same sentence over and over and I'm not understanding the question. Turn the page to the front and let me check your work. I can't do that. It's cheating. Katie, I did this to you. Let me help. I know the answers because I saw them through your eyes. Trust me, Katie. I can help you. Katie slowly turned the test to page one. Jackson quickly told her what answers she needed to change. By the end of sixth hour, Katie's head was once again pounding. Jackson helped her through two more finals. She had taken pain relievers, but they didn't seem to work. Mr. Kelly looked up from his desk and asked her how she was feeling. Shaking her head, she sat down and pulled out her pencil to take her last final. After handing out the test, Mr. Kelly called her into the hallway. Not knowing what to expect, she quietly followed him out. Katie, you don't look very good. The teacher's concern was evident on his face. Her head was starting to pound so much she was starting to see stars. I'm sorry, Mr. Kelly. I have a really bad headache. Kelly stood there for a moment, then told her to go to the office. 
He thought she needed to call her mom. He then told her he would be there at 9 a.m. sharp the next day for her to take the final. Katie couldn't believe it. Nodding her head in agreement, she went into the classroom and gathered up her things. Giving Kelly a smile of gratitude, she walked to the office and called her mother. That is the best teacher I have ever seen, Jackson's thoughts quietly acknowledged. Yes, he is. Hi, this is Diana Kilpack. I hope you've enjoyed this week's chapter of The Pawn, the first book in the Appalachian Storm series. Until next week, and our imaginations meet again, have a great day.